0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Like
1: 1987 or 1997 radio. 1997 radio. Whenever you talk about. How you
2: doing, k How are you
1: today? Oh, that's, God. It's late. 80s Makes me throw radio. up. The legend, Chris Russo. Oh, God.
2: You were wrong with that.
1: You were wrong with him. You had to have been on Chris Russo. I, I was on the show, I think, one time. Everybody. We all grew up with him. Mad dog, man. One time. Legend. And the one time that I went on with them, I had to stop them in mid-sentence. <laughs> and they were screaming and bickering and going back. And I had to t- I said, look, I had just got to New York. I'm like, yeah. dude, seriously. Like, no. It's, you're screaming and yelling and not even allowing me to talk. How am I going to explain why I held out to you? If you got all the answers, why in the hell are you? <laughs> you know, and I was just like, I couldn't. I just it, And I can't have you doing that. <laughs> On this show. No. When we talk Jets, Giants, Yankees, Mets, but Nets, I don't whatever. Do that. I, I don't, don't need that in my ear.
2: doesn't the, work for me. All right. The, the, first of all, Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Alan Hahnemann with Key. And the Jets are the only team that pulls that type of emotion out of me. It's true. Of the teams that I love. They are – I would. I think the Jets have moved ahead of the Yankees, believe it or not. I used to be – I still am a diehard Yankees fan, but I haven't been as engaged with them as I have been with the Jets maybe in the last 10 years. The Jets it, have somehow it's okay just okay become to be, it's okay that to team be. after the Knicks for me, which I just Look, have an insane passion for.
1: Alan, it's okay to be passionate about the teams that you root for and you love. I, I root for the Dodgers, the Lakers, USC, and I'm passionate about it but I'm also not delusional. You could become delusional about the Jets and their situation right, we as we well go. as the Knicks. Here we go. And you can't be delusional when there's a, a, a situation taking place. They just fire. It's like the dude I sat next to last night when I was having my food at the bar. I can only and imagine there. that
2: conversation must've been like, but
1: so. I felt it the entire way when they set me next to him. Cause it, you know, boy only got so many seats. Yeah. And when they set me kind of next to him, I tried to turn my shoulder a little bit. There wasn't enough social distancing. I can feel it was coming. So by <laughs> oh the, my god, Keyshawn! No, Keyshawn he look, John Johnson. No, I'm that. a big looked, Jets fan. He looked, and then he leaned forward, and I'm like, you know, was he, he looking goes, around gonna, you as he doing like kind of leaning forward. Then he gave me the Keyshawn, which is fine. I get it. Hey, how you doing? What up, man? How you Oh, I'm a big fan of yours. I listen to the show, da-da-da. Yeah. Oh, so he's listening right now. Are you still with another network, he said? I'm like, no, I work for ESPN right upstairs. (laughs) Wait, wait, love the show. Are you still with what other network? (laughs) Never mind. Yeah, I didn't didn't even want to say it, but he's like, are you with this network? Yeah. I'm like, no, I work at ESPN upstairs. And then he goes, oh, so the conversation just started, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then I tried to end it. And then so when they brought me my first uh, appetizer, Mm -hmm. and I'm – he started the conversation again, so I'm starting. I finally had to say, say, man, I want to eat this food. I just. Oh, you just got paid seafood.
2: Huh? You know, Denzel Mims. You two, know, he got seafood. poisoning.
1: Ba- about two minutes went by. He started talking about Zach Wilson. What I think about Zach Wilson. Okay. I said, oh, he's going to be okay. He threw two interceptions the other day. And then he started talking about quarterbacks the Jets had in the past. Mm-hmm. I said, Mark Sanchez led him to two championships. It was a the defense. Then he wants to tell me it was defense. I said, well, what about Vinny Testaverdi? He was here only two years. I said, well, what about Chad Pennington? he was okay. Always hurt. I said, well, what about Richard Todd It's Neil O'Donnell. Oh,
2: interceptions. A.J. Dewey.
1: I said, well, what about – I said to him, I said, well, what about Sam Darnold? And then he was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And then it was a whole thing, and I just – I couldn't anymore. I just couldn't. (laughs) That's when you reached that point. Check, please. Yeah, it was horrible. Jets, though.
2: Not Jets, though. Am I allowed to do like a bit of a mea culpa? Go like ahead. Just to go because right I, I was I did have a bit of a New York rant yesterday about Zach Wilson because of the performance in the, the scrimmage green and white game and there was a lot made of it. And then Robert Sala was saying how it's the results are a pacifier and. It's all the other stuff he's doing, the preparation that he's doing, uh, that they feel like he's right on track. And and I'm thinking we're a month away from week one, and you know the, how on track can he be? There's no legit veteran backup quarterback that has experience that at least we can fall back on. We now, I'm talking like you and the Lakers, uh, to feel like at least if the kid's not ready, we don't have to just throw him to the wolves week one. Well, Okay, so the next day, as Rich Semini, who covers the Jets, uh, said, he looked a lot better, uh, arm strength looked better, and you know that he might, might be trying some things, he might be forcing some things at times. He is playing against a a good defense. The Jets will have a good defense, but then I heard Zach Wilson in his press conference after practice, and he explained why we're seeing him make so many mistakes.
0: And when I heard this, I felt well, a little bit better. Taking care of the ball is, is 100% a quarterback's job. And, and one of my goals when I came out here uh, and I got drafted was just like, how can I adapt to this NFL game as quickly as I can? And I, I can't be afraid to make mistakes, especially in practice. You know, this isn't a game. This is where I'm learning what I can get get away with and what I can't. And so you know, there's times where, you know, maybe in a real game, I probably wouldn't throw that. But, but it's times where I'm like, well, well, let me try right here and see what I can get away with. And it's you know, as we get closer to the game, you have to start teaching yourself, you know, in that situation, you know what, CJ got a, got a hand on it, he made the play, and so it's like, okay, well, next time in that situation, that same look, I'm going to check the ball down, and so uh, that's what we practice for us, to, to be able to play situations out like that. Why are you shaking your head?
1: Well, it falls on him and the quarterback coach. When they're sitting down in the field, the quarterback coach needs to be telling him exactly, don't you do that anymore, because that bad habit transfers to the game. If he has those bad habits, trying something, think about it. When you do something and it becomes repetitive, you do it over and over and over again.
2: If if you're trying
1: trying, it, you you shouldn't be trying it. That's not what we are asking you to do. We're not asking you to try and do that. It will cost the Jets games because his mindset will take him there. I tried it in practice. I think I can do it. It worked in practice. It's not going to work in the game. Don't do that. Don't do that. That now I can. Now you can rant and worry because I'm telling you the truth. Oh now, Don't, oh
2: now it's time to rant.
1: Yeah, and worry. the fact that I heard him say he's trying
2: something to see if it works. He wants to see what he can get away with. Like he he mentioned Mosley. So it's so Mosley okay, tipped tipped so what would have been a, an interception. Now my
1: head is going to On a explode. On the pass he tried to
2: throw over Mosley, it didn't work
1: out. My my, my head's going to explode now. Why? Because it's practice. What you get away with in practice, you're not going to get away with in a game against the Washington football team. You're not getting away with that. If that ball goes over Mosley's head and it becomes a touchdown and you shouldn't have thrown it there, guess what? It ain't going over uh, Washington's linebacker's head. It's not going over Chase Young's head. It's not going over Hightower's head in New England. It, it, you understand what I'm saying? I, I do, which is why. Gilmore I, will be sitting there waiting on your ass to go the other way. But I asked you yesterday about – you were but trying I didn't to calm know, me down yesterday. But I didn't know he was trying things. See, you don't try things because that's a bad habit. Don't get into bad habits.
2: Veterans, you say, will tell – will let you know if a young quarterback is the guy. They'll let you know. Hey, or a young this, player this guy, in general. A young player, but again, on the quarterback thing, is you know we've mentioned – Uh, Justin Fields mentioned that other time what happened in Philadelphia where a lot of the vets too. So to to me, again, like that's why I wonder now if you're a vet on this Jet team, are you looking going like we don't have a safety net if this guy's not ready.
1: And I don't care if this is a season where it's a development season. See, but that's a problem for the court. That's a a problem for the coaches though. The coaches are allowing him to put bad habits on tape and not correcting him on those bad habits. He's not going to develop. I'm just being honest with you. If if coaches are looking at that and letting him continuously try things, it's not going to work out good for him. I promise you. Okay. So he needs to, loud and clear, he needs to stop trying stuff. Really. Okay. Because practice is is not the the same as a game, man. You know how many times I was covered in practice by that same dude that dudes ran by? A lot. Practice is not the same.
2: I thought this was a good, good example or at least a good reason. You do not. And, you know, now it makes me even more concerned.
1: Ask Charlie Batch. I'm going to ask
2: Charlie Batch. Right. Charlie Batch joins us right now uh, on the Goodyear Hotline. And, and, Charlie, from a quarterback's perspective, what what Zach Wilson is saying, and we're talking about it because he is the number two pick in the draft. I mean, You know, you have, you have Trevor Lawrence as well at number one, but he's number two. And we've talked – Mac Jones in in, uh, in New England – Justin Fields, Trey Lance, all these guys that were taken in this draft figure to play for their team at some point or at least are are having preseasons that people are talking about. Zach Wilson's the one guy where it just feels like, I I don't know if he's ready. So when you hear him say, oh, I'm just trying stuff and I'm learning what I can and can't get away with, Key says, you can't develop bad habits in practice. What do you say?
0: No, I agree with that. And there are times that you do have, conversation with coaches and they want you to take those chances in practice just to kind of see what you can get away with but you know as a quarterback that's a throw I cannot make and it goes to Keith's point you can't get into bad habits by doing those type of things in practice that doesn't breed confidence from your teammates because they don't see it happen in practice on a regular they won't have confidence in the game
1: as as you look at these young quarterbacks, as we talk about them, this young quarterback in Philadelphia, along with Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh, that you'll be calling the game tonight, the Steelers and the, the Eagles, in their first preseason action. What will you be looking for on both sides with these young quarterbacks, Charlie?
0: Yeah, and when it starts from the Steelers' side, I want to see what Mason Rudolph is able to do because, yeah, he had a decent game last week, but can he pick it up? because he feels that pressure from a, a young Dwayne Haskins behind him, who's been having a phenomenal camp. And if you see the reports coming out of Steelers camp, that they want to see what he's capable of doing. So I want to see what Mike Tomlin's going to do and how he splits the reps between those two to see if he gives them even chance in competitions. On the other side with Jalen Hurts, I just want to see him go out there and now if they take that next step, because yes, Carson Wentz is gone. You have a new system that's coming in here. He doesn't have Devontae Smith at this point. But what can he do to get these Eagles fans excited about him now taking over the helm for here here in Philadelphia?
2: Ben Roethlisberger, obviously the QB1, though, with, with Pittsburgh still. As he's back again, there was some talk of maybe they would move on from him, but they restructured some things. And, and he is back again now at the age of 37. What, last year, he led them to an 11-0 start. Things fell apart, obviously, at the end of the season. But what, what are the expectations that you have? What are the expectations in Pittsburgh for Roethlisberger at this point in his career?
0: Yeah, he needs help in the running game. I mean, that's something that faltered last year, and I know he got a lot of flack for that as they faltered at the end of the season because they weren't able to turn around and hand that football off. They finished 32nd in the league last year, but they saw that decline happening over the last three years. They were 31st, 29th, then 32nd. So this is something that they have to feel better about. Yes, they have Najee Harris that's coming in, and hopefully now that adds that play-action element to this Steelers offense that has been non-existent over the last three years. So if Ben can get that help, he can go out there with a solid receiving core that he has out there, and that takes the pressure off of him.
1: How how good can they be this year? Can they they, they win the division, or will they be in that third, fourth spot?
0: This is the first time in my 20 years being around his organization that you can honestly say that they're not the favorite in this division. You have Cleveland, yes, they beat them in the playoff round last year. Baltimore's still there. But there are questions on the offensive line with this team. They have five new players at at every position at this point. Zach Banner is the only one coming back. He started right tackle last year. He got hurt in the first quarter when he tore his ACL. Now he's moving to the left tackle position. And now everybody else uh, up front, they just haven't been able to gel. At this point of training camp, this offensive line has not had five guys consistently lining up in practice. And here we are. Almost three weeks to the date that these guys have to turn around and uh, line up and get ready for Buffalo in week one. So I'm concerned about that. I just don't know what we have. And even in this game tonight, they won't have their fall five offensive linemen that they think is going to start in this particular uh, season opener. So I'm, that's my biggest concern hanging into the season.
1: Batch, how, how uh, important is this preseason training camp? for Dwayne Haskins, who came over in free agency once he was released from the Washington football team last year?
0: It's extremely important. And, you know, he was, you know, young, immature down in Washington. That's why he was released. And, of course, this league will humble you at some point in the manner that Dwayne Haskins was released. And now here he is with a fresh start, stable organization. Mike Tomlin believes in what he's capable of doing, and he's had a strong camp one advantage to him. They have a new offensive coordinator with Matt Canada. So essentially everybody is starting over from scratch. So with him having that element, being able to learn and if everything kind of unfolds, he will have an opportunity to watch Ben Roethlisberger, uh, figure out this, uh, run this offense. And if he can do that, that continues to gain the confidence for him, but he has to get better. He understand the pressure is not there, but when you watch him, as a first-round pick, he's like, man, I know I'm capable of going out there playing. He showed it in the first preseason game against Dallas. He's been showing it in, the, in, in training camp thus far. So I'm excited to see what he's capable of doing.
2: Charlie Batch joining us right now on the Goodyear hotline. Spent 10 years with the Steelers at quarterback, won some Super Bowls certainly as well. Um, and, and you'll be doing the the, the game tonight, TV uh, analyst for the Steelers on the game tonight, Battle of Pennsylvania, the Eagles and the Steelers. <laughs> um, can we, though, you did mention Jalen Hurts as we're watching, obviously, all the quarterbacks here in the preseason. And something that Key and I have been talking about with Jalen Hurts is the fact that last year he got the job on a sense that, Doug Peterson was trying to hold off as long as he could with Carson Wentz. And it just got to a point where they had to make the move. And it felt like he earned the job because he wasn't Carson Wentz. Does he still have to prove himself, do you think, as the, for the Eagles to be their quarterback, their QB1? Not just for week one, because that's who they have right now, but for the long term.
0: Yeah, he definitely has to prove himself. And as you know, Philadelphia is a tough city. To be a quarterback in. And the way that he was able to get the job last year, and now you have a new regime, quite frankly, coming in, they didn't draft him. So they want to see him now take that next step. But how does that look? How can you now convince everybody? Because there's still rumblings about them possibly bringing another quarterback in to now uh, run this Philadelphia team. So he has a lot to prove, not only to himself, but to this organization, to the fan base, that he's capable of running this organization, running this team, to getting them back to championship caliber team like they once were. So hopefully he doesn't allow that pressure to kind of seep inside. He just go out there and plays his game. And hopefully he's able to take that next step from year one to year two, because if he doesn't, you know how this league is key, they will now look to move on in the draft to get somebody, get some young talent in here to run this franchise.
1: Absolutely. Tonight's game you're calling, which young player are you looking forward to seeing the most?
0: As I go back out here, I want to see Devin Bush. I mean, Devin Bush, Yeah, two years ago, he was a first-round pick, but he's tore his ACL in the middle of last year. He's been playing with a little hesitancy, but that comes with mentally coming off of an injury. But he's always played with speed. So he he's that key in that middle of that defense. They lost Vince Williams uh, to retirement right at the eve of training camp. He is the leader in that uh, linebacker group. I want to see him get going, playing with a lot more confidence, and then let that defense feed off the energy that he brings to them. Mm. Charlie,
2: what was preseason like for you? What were the games for you? You know, Everybody handles them differently. Everybody has different attitudes about the preseason. You know, I think it's been said like the games might not matter, but they do matter to each individual, some guys who are trying to make the team. For you, what was preseason? Do you have a good story a, about a preseason experience?
0: <laughs> well, early on in my career, I was a starter. But as I got to Pittsburgh, I was in, uh, rele- relegated to the backup role or delegated to the backup role. So, of course, the preseason meant a lot more because I was not going to play in the the regular season like I was accustomed to playing. So when you're out there with guys that you know that may not necessarily be here at the start of the regular season, you have to get those, those guys motivated, get them playing and see if you can now lead drives consistently down there because you know those guys who are playing, the starters are watching you and knowing that if you can step into that huddle, get the job done, that's where you breathe the confidence, not only from the players to the coaching staff. But I think for me, it was more or less I got I had a chance to learn who the Carolina Panthers was in that fourth preseason game because the Steelers played the Panthers every year in the last preseason game. <laughs> I became very familiar with them because I had to earn <laughs> my job in that game. So trust me, yeah, it doesn't mean a lot when you're a young player and you're a starter, but when you're kind of fighting for that roster spot, man, it's, that preseason game, it means a whole heck of a lot because you have a lot to prove. Yeah, there's no doubt about that.
2: Charlie, great to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the game tonight. All right, Charlie.
0: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, fellas. All right, Charlie
2: Batch. Again, he'll have the game, the Steelers preseason TV analyst for the game tonight, the Steelers and the Eagles. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by Indeed. Is hiring becoming your second job? Quit the hassle and get on Indeed. You'll find great candidates fast with instant match. Just sponsor a post and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. So we were doing over-unders um, in the in the previous hour, we have a lot more certainly on those to get. Did we get to the Steelers, Keith? Do you remember if we got to the Steelers when we were doing it with Evan? I uh, I we, because I don't remember if we mentioned them because they are certainly. No, I don't think we got to them, but we did get Patriots. We did get um, uh, the Packers certainly as well, but eight these wins. are done.
3: Eight wins over under for the Steelers. Steelers
2: eight wins
3: over. over. Under over
2: yeah again 17 games we got to keep reminding ourselves because it's, no, it's not wouldn't even, be eight and eight well eight mike. wins would be
3: yeah fpi projects 8.2 and uh 8.8 losses that would be mike tomlin's first losing season. that's what yeah. i'm saying but
1: i'm not going because mike t like i said mike t won the top four coaches in the league i know he can
3: he'll find a way
1: he's found a way this entire time Such
2: a good division though you know like that's a tough division it's, um, that
1: division's well, i guess no it's i was about to say it's always been the same but cincinnati and no. cleveland were dogs for a while yes well, Cincinnati was okay. They were okay. Andy Dalton was okay to the end. They were always just okay.
2: Eagles at six point nine, so just just obviously the shade of under. under seven. That would be a seven and ten. I
1: say, I, they're under. I think the I think the Eagles win four to five games this year. Fly Eagles, fly. They well, booed Santa Claus. <laughs> Who they? Santa
2: Claus. Santa Claus. Well, they they just they are going through. I still say this though, Pat Costello, big Eagle, Resident Eagle fan.
1: Five wins is good for them.
2: I will take the Super Bowl that you got and the way you won it and all the all the celebration that happened. I will take that in the midst of losing every other season. I don't understand why you wouldn't just be, I'm good. Like this that Super Bowl should pacify you for a little bit as you're trying to find. You thought Carson Wentz was the guy. He's not. But it's not that long. I mean, come on, Pat, seriously, but you can't Wentz- be that frustrated or that depressed about this coming season that everybody's no. predicting your team to no, suck. I'm
3: actually going to be happier watching Carson Wentz fail in uh, Indy than I am going to be <laughs> yes. watching Jalen Hurts succeed as an Eagle.
2: Gosh. Yeah. It'll be amazing. Col- I wonder if Colts games, when it's shown nationally, if they will rate really well in Philly. But for all the wrong reasons, for all the reasons that Pat said, but because why, Eagles fans understand. are rooting against him.
1: But why would you root against him? And wish bad on Carson Wentz. He helped you win the damn – He Pat. put you in position mm-hmm. to win the Super Bowl, Fair. to get there. He also Pat, quit on our team. I, I, I wouldn't say that he quit. I wouldn't say he quit on your team. I wouldn't say that. I would say they had uh, – a Difference he of he mentally
0: checked out on the team. He well, you would, too. Out.
1: If you if people continue to treat you a certain way, you might check out, too. Yeah, <laughs> oh. Well, that doesn't fly
3: in Philly. Oh, boo-hoo.
1: Wow, Philly. Man, y'all always acting like y'all so tough. That's why I was so glad when we went in there and just waxed that ass and kept it moving. Like, <laughs> naughty, yeah. Naughty, naughty. Yeah. Man. Boo that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, boo that. And then we, o- we closed the vet and opened the link smashed. They had Sylvester Stallone at the top. Rocky coming. <laughs> we was like, man, if y'all don't stop. <laughs> they ain't got nothing to say now. Listen to him. Quiet as a church mouse. They did win a Super Bowl, though, fairly recently. Yeah, that's okay. I'm yeah. talking about when we played them.
2: Yeah, right.
1: They thought they was tough.
2: Before all that.
1: Oh, they beat us in the regular season. They was, yeah. oh, we got this. Mm-hmm. NFC Championship, oh, we got this. They done sent the pre-advance equipment all the way Getting ready to go to San Diego, they had to turn that thing around in Arizona Didn't, and come on back. It's like similar to where, remember as we were talking about the Steelers and they they losing they them losing at home
2: to the Browns in the playoffs, which just never happens. And they do remember Juju said like, "Oh, well, the Browns is the Browns." Like,
1: yeah, that's the like, way. Like, that's the way. That's the the so way
2: disrespectful. Be, and the Browns went in like, "Yeah, you'll know us be, now." That's the
1: way B. Dawkins all them was acting. Oh, Westbrook Brian and them, McNabb, yeah. Big
2: Red, Andy Reid. All right, so the Eagles then are, are sitting um, not so pretty at 6-9 and nine in the FPI. Five. In total of projections, right? I so got that's, them at a nickel. You got them even at five, even worse than that. We continue to go through some over-unders on maybe your favorite team and where they are. Do you agree with it? Would you say over or under? We will discuss that next. KJZ, ESPN Radio and ESPN News.
4: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? for the ones who get it done,
1: Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn J.
2: Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. More over-unders in the NFL, according to Football Power Index. Evan, let's get some more games in here, more teams in here.
3: All right, but first, over-unders presented by Progressive Insurance, offering coverage options as unique as your business. Progressive covers companies of many sizes and specialties. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Chiefs have the highest win total, according to... Football power index at eleven and a half. We going over or under. Remember, 17 games.
1: Yeah, 12 and 5. Over. You're going over. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna go over with Kansas City, although I think they could, you know, not make it to the Super Bowl this year, win the division going away, and yet still run into a team that just for whatever reason pops them in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think over. I, I think twelve at the as the baseline for them.
3: All right, right below them are the Bucks at eleven. So, over under 11 wins for the Bucks.
1: 11 and 6. I feel like that's about right.
3: That's about right,
1: I think. Right? Yeah, I think it's so. That's about right. Yeah, I think that's about right.
3: Okay. Uh, sorry. Uh, didn't expect you guys to answer that quickly, I will be honest. Ravens, 10 wins. Over under 10 for the Ravens.
2: Again, I, I think that's. That's seven losses. Like you got to th- I'm looking at it from the loss perspective. I think, I think it's else. about right,
1: but I think they go over. I think, I think they go to eleven. Uh, it's a very good football team. They retooled the offense in terms of the receiver position. Uh, they're going to certainly protect him in Lamar Jackson. Uh, they lost f- some players on defense, but they still got a dominant secondary.
2: Can you factor in three- Matt
1: Judon is not there anymore. Yes. He's in New England. Uh, 11 games they 11. still got a former MVP just of a couple years ago 11
2: I mean th- I mean three losses out of the division could you find three I mean again uh, uh, no two I would say probably uh,
1: no I
2: mean like I'm thinking one and one Steelers Ravens uh, no that I don't know about the Bengals so two losses yeah I mean seven six seven lo- is a lot I'm looking for the loss loss column on this seven is a lot okay. of losses man All Nine right down.
3: seven losses for the Browns then han huh? over under
2: under.
1: What? What's that? He's he it said for the Browns,
2: he's flipping it on me. Oh. I, I, I they over under. The, ten wins, over under for the Browns. Right. I,
1: I'm just trying
3: to do um, the
1: math
2: here. Over.
1: I think they too are Very eleven funny. win team.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I have high expectations for the Browns. I'm telling you, I think I they think are too over. They are eleven win team. I think they could be more than that. I mean, their defense already projecting to be a Man, great defense. You know
1: defense. how hard it is to win though. Eleven games is a lot of games, dog.
2: Well, again, it's the extra game that changes your perspective on win totals and, and losses as well.
1: Eleven is a lot, though. Getting over eleven is it's a lot.
2: It's, yeah, it's a lot. I guess you're right. Even in a 16, a 16 game season, ten wins is a <laughs> it's a lot. That's a milestone to get to, that double figures. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll say over for the Browns, though. I think he is as well.
3: How about the Rams? Nine and a half. Over under nine and a half wins
1: over I think they I think they're a 10 win team in that division. Yeah, I think they're a 10, 10 11 win type team. I yeah, don't know that they, I don't think right. I don't know that they'll win the division. Uh in fact, I have them finishing third in the division. Which is crazy. I have Seattle, yeah. I have San Francisco, then I have the Rams. I just factor in too much. When you lose your entire defensive staff to a degree, you uh, yes, you have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. You lost a number of members that were starters on the defense. Yes, you replace, you're replacing them with players that had opportunity to get some minutes, mm-hmm. but it's not the same as full-time starters. Right. You lose your defensive coordinator. You lose Joe Barry, who was a part of the defensive staff. That's important. You lose your quarterback. Now you go get Matthew Stafford. Well, we're focusing that you on that. Think
0: we're focusing that on that. you think right.
1: is better. Right. You just lost Cam Akers. your running back. Big you're loss. You're starting running back. You're kicking the tires on whether or not you should bring Todd Gurley back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so – I, yeah. I don't know.
2: Yeah, no, that part of it, the, the Cam Akers part of it, is something you have to factor in. The tough division to also factor in. The fact that they'd finished third, they could still make
1: the playoffs, though. Yeah, I'm not saying they're a bad football team. I'm just saying you finished three in the no, division. I think Seattle's wins it. I mean, if Seattle might win it at 13 wins, and, and, and yeah. San Francisco comes in at 11, and the Rams comes in at 11.
2: So All right, so the Rams still over on the nine and a half.
3: How about the Packers? This seems low. Again, nine and a half. This team went 13-3 and three the last two years.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, they're over nine. They're over nine. Yeah, why, sure. would
2: FBI, why would FBI give you a nine and a half on them? I'd want to know the reasoning behind that. Because obviously they're using this, the power index. They're using the But is this rodgers
1: post-Rodgers? I mean, like, no, no, this? It's, this was just After. out.
2: So we knew Rodgers was in training camp when this came out.
1: Uh, so they're
2: know. factoring in Aaron Rodgers. It's just an interesting projection at, at, at nine and a half. But I would definitely say over.
3: The Cowboys, over, under, nine wins. Over. They're an 11-win These team. all seem low, Very man. low.
2: Every one of them. But as Keith said, all right, what do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, six teams. And one of these teams we didn't mention yet is a double-digit win.
3: Yeah, skip that one. You want to yeah. go to 49ers, 10 yeah, wins, 10 over, wins. under.
2: Because that's what I'm saying. Like When we go to just quickly on the Cowboys, like Keith said, it's hard, 10, 11 wins. That's a lot of wins. That's hard to do. But it just feels like the Cowboys, that division, what their offense could look like if everybody stays healthy, that seems low over there. But how about the 49ers, as Evan just said? They're at 10. They're one of the five, what did I, five, what did I say, six teams at 10 or more as an over-under?
1: That's about right for them. You're I, figuring I, the, I, Jimmy I, G or I, Trey I, Lance? I, I, I figure 10-11 wins for them. 10-11 win type yeah.
2: team. 10-11, well, with that defense especially, they should be a 10-11 type team type win team coming off six
3: all right two more and mm-hmm. then we gotta gotta get out of here uh the <laughs> giants seven wins over under
1: it better be over
3: it better be
2: over <laughs> over
1: it, over they don't win the division but it'll be over
2: no i don't mean yeah it sounds like it's over no it, yeah it has to be over that yeah
3: yeah if it's not over that it might be over yeah it, for that's someone
2: funny yeah exactly dave gettleman
3: yeah uh jets over under, six and a half wins. Under. Hey, we found one.
1: Under. I think the Jets are a five-win, four or five-win team.
2: Mm. I plead the fifth.
1: Answer the question, Han.
2: Huh? Yeah, I'm expecting under, of course. All right. But a
1: four or five-win team that shows that they they got a little fight in them. Yeah, I'm not 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 happy about
2: that because that's kind of been the last couple. Pick it of years. in the
1: top four.
2: Man. All right, over/unders again, Football Power Index. Remember, and it's 17 games this season, not just 17 weeks, it's 17 games, so it does change that over/under perspective. Already a perfect season for one college football program and they've yet to play a game. What are we talking about? We'll discuss that. Coach, good morning. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Good morning. I was ready. <laughs> It said not ready on my screen. I, I oh. was not trying to employ What that are you doing, you man? It you ready. took
1: all day to get to the phone.
2: I
5: was I've been ready. Just got off um, TV, ready to go. Anything for key. <laughs> <Well,
2: laughs> the I way just, he said that was just, just, just making sure for key. But you know what? Your team certainly ready, at least ready to play the news that your football program, players, staff, everything, hundred percent vaccinated it's a fascinating story because it's really been a big part of the, of the sports story these days of many teams, whether it's pro or college. How did you guys get to that point?
5: Well, we gave our, our players and our staff a lot of education, um, not just our own doctors, but outside doctors, because they didn't want to feel like they felt like we were making them do it at all. So it was, was everyone's individual choices. Started with the coaching staff, which did it first, um, 100%. And, you know, we weren't going to, you know, recommend that the players do this had our staff not done it and then the rest of our building. So I think it ended up being about 250 out of 250 people. So it was neat to see them come together. And, you know, at the end of the day, they wanted to protect their team, I think, is what the players would tell you, you know, with the rules, how they are, you know, to, to let someone be out and come into team meetings and potentially bring it into other players. And if you're not vaccinated and you're a close contact by rule, you know you get you can miss you can miss a game. You can be a close contact to somebody on a Thursday, Friday, and miss that Saturday's game and not be able to play. Where if you're vaccinated, you're not a close contact um, or in your close contact, you're not out. So I'm, I'm sure that helped too.
1: Lane, is, is there hope that others around your region, that part of the country? Could see exactly what you had your team and your organization do that they possibly could follow that lead.
5: Yeah, once it got up, you know, into the nineties, you know, it was it was exciting to get to a hundred percent and really wanted to do that and was hopeful that would happen. So, you know, I think it's one thing for a message. To be, hey, we're ninety-five percent, mm-hmm. but when you're a hundred percent, hopefully, especially in a state that was at the bottom um, in, in vaccination rate. And having a, having a hospital issue of not enough room, um, thought that this could be really powerful and, and motivating. And and as we know, we're in a region that they follow football, and so uh, you know the SEC has very passionate fans. And I think in the, in this instance, this could be this could be really neat because I think they they're going to follow. Number, we're going to follow their their football team.
1: This uh, upcoming season, I'm i I'm going to see a new Lane Kiffin roaming the sidelines. You lost 30 pounds this off season because you wanted not only to improve your health, but you also wanted to send a message of accountability to your team. Has it worked so far?
5: I think so. Um, now, now we gotta, we got to score a lot of points and stop them on defense. That'll work a lot better than weight loss. <laughs> <laughs> Tackle the guys. But um, little do people know that a big part of my motivation was key because he sends me pictures when I'm on TV of how fat I am to remind <laughs> me. So I send him pictures of himself to remind him of himself. So he was a big part. I've not said that nationally yet, but he was a big part um, of my motivation. So I I appreciate him making fun of me.
2: <laughs> what did you do? Like, did you, it was simply as uh, simple as diet, or did you do anything
5: extra? I did everything. I think when you get older gets harder. So um, I think if you just change diet or exercise, um, you know, and sleep habits, everything, um, you know, you kind of got to do it all. So, yeah, a lot less food, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, like they say, it's a calorie game. Um, I learned that. And so, and and a lot of exercise. So, but it was really, you know, sometimes you look at a picture of yourself, you know, bowl game late in the year, and I was like, God that's disgusting. <laughs>
1: yeah
2: probably I, mean, I know I said the joke about
5: the snake but I really was like dude did I just like swallow something and stuck in my neck it'
2: I saw I saw a quote from you, Lane, that said you'd look like an anaconda that swallowed a deer and the deer got stuck in his neck. I
5: would say yeah, pictures and got it all down yet.
1: No, Lane, Lane is right. I would see pictures of you, be like, "Come on, dude, seriously, <laughs> like pull away Dick from the butt. training table." <laughs> hey, oh. like, having uh, you've won a couple national championships in your college coaching career as an assistant. In, in the top you're in the top twenty five preseason coaches poll now. Does that mean anything to you where you sit?
5: No. Um if it did, uh we would have won we would have our what is that, third year at USC because we were preseason number one, so you know that that don't mean a whole lot. And so, you know, that's a lot of time based off of name of the school and you know, what happened the year before and especially with transfers now this thing I can promise you that thing's not going to be anywhere near um, 1 through 25 like it'll end up. The college football world is is totally changed with with free agency. Hmm.
1: You took over a program a year ago that was somewhat down. You've kind of given it some life and some energy. How far of a gap do you think you guys are away from Alabama or even the rest of some of the powers in the SEC?
5: Well, you know, we showed a year ago, again, every year is new, you know that, you know every game right there in the end, and so we just got to coach better and play better and you know, continue to learn how to win. Um, but every year, you know, we'll bring new obstacles, and so uh, we we still have a ton of work to do. You know, we just the year before we got here was 66 to three to Alabama, so you know it's not like you know you just sprinkle some magic dust and all of a sudden you know catch Alabama. So there's a lot of work to do, and in, in all areas here.
2: Yeah, Nick doesn't uh, hold it easy against his former assistants, and he likes to talk about that too. Lane Kiffin joins us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Um, you mentioned what you called free agency, which is the best way to describe the transfer portal in college sports, especially with football. Is that, a, even though it's something that's certainly changing the landscape, is that a tool that, that you're going to, as you move forward and have already to use to just continue to build this program?
5: Yeah, I mean, you got to take advantage of what the rules are. Um, so, I mean, I don't hear people say it, but think of the NFL if everyone was a free agent at all times of the year. That's basically what college football is now. And so, and there's no salary cap. So, um, it, it's become very challenging, you know, just keeping your own players around, you know, because they can, hey, I don't like how practice was today. See ya. You know, hmm. that's how it is. So, um, it's not an ideal setup. It's awesome for the players, parts of it, and, but every I don't think people thought about the other part. You know, there's hundreds of kids that have left programs, assuming they had spots at other programs, that are sitting out there with nowhere to go. And remember, for all, all those spots that get taken, you don't get to replace scholarships. So if you take, instead of 25 high school kids, you took 10 transfers, you know, that's 15 high school, that's 10 high school kids that don't get scholarships to your program. So if you do that with whatever, you know, the entire country does that. There's going to be a lot of kids that don't get to go to college because of this.
0: Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight? La Quinta tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. But I don't think
5: anybody thought of that.
2: Lane, right, buddy. yeah, Lane. Great to catch up with you. Good luck with the team this season. And uh, just so Key leaves you alone, keep that diet where it is.
5: I'm not now. I'm trying to motivate him. He's you know, by leadership here. For <laughs> me, me both. so I, me. <laughs> I, expect to see, I expect to see a change in him.
2: You and me both. All right, thanks again. All right, coming up, can this Bucks team this year do what Keys could not? We can hear his ex- explanation why.
0: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.